Welcome to our Think Kingdom podcast. We're wrapping up our series, The Kingdom is Light. So let's go ahead and jump in and see what God's word has for us from our elder, Nathan McCoskey. Okay, so let's begin. We are in the book of Matthew, chapter 13. That same day when Jesus went out of the house and sat by the lake, such large crowds gathered around him that he got into a boat and sat in it. Well, all the people stood on the shore. Then he told them many things in parables, saying, A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Some fell on rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil where it produced a crop, a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Whoever has ears to hear, let them hear. Okay, rabbit trail number one. Notice that the farmer casts the seeds and the seeds do what they do. The farmer in this case isn't trying to make sure that each seed is positioned properly. He's just putting it out there. And this is consistent with the way scripture talks about us spreading the gospel, which is the first step in making disciples. Most often the word used is to proclaim or herald. If a king had a message for his kingdom, he would send out heralds to the towns in his kingdom who would proclaim the king's message. The herald's job wasn't to convince anyone the message was correct or force anyone to act on it. His job was to accurately and faithfully proclaim loudly and clearly in the town square what he was told. There are times and places for us to debate and convince and discuss, and building friendships may give us opportunities that we otherwise might not have, but the primary method for furthering the good news of Jesus is not to share experiences, it's to proclaim truth. Uh, okay, verse 10. The disciples came to him and asked, Why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, Because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Whoever has will be given more, and they will have and abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. This is why I speak to them in parables. Though seeing, they do not see. Though hearing, they do not hear or understand. In them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. You will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. For this people's heart has become calloused. 
they hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes and hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes because they see and your ears because they hear. For truly I tell you, many prophets and righteous people longed to see what you see but did not see it and to hear what you hear but did not hear it. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed that was sown along the path. The seed falling on rocky ground refers to someone who hears the word and at once receives it with joy, but since they have no root, they last only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. The seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. But the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the word and understands it. This is the one who produces a crop, yielding a hundred, sixty, or thirty times what was sown. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field, but while everyone was sleeping, his enemy came and sowed weeds among the wheat and went away. When the wheat sprouted and formed heads, then the weeds also appeared. The owner's servants came to him and said, Sir, didn't you sow good seed in your field? Where then did the weeds come from? An enemy did this, he replied. The servants asked him, Do you want us to go and pull them up? No, he answered, because while you are pulling the weeds, you may uproot the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. At that time, I will tell the harvesters first collect the weeds and tie them in bundles to be burned. Then gather the wheat and bring it into my barn. He told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants and becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. He told them still another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it worked all through the dough. Jesus spoke all these things to the crowd in parables. He did not say anything to them without using a parable. So it was fulfilled what was spoken through the prophet. 
I will open my mouth in parables. I will utter things hidden since the creation of the world. Then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, Explain to us the parable of the weeds in the field. He answered, The one who sowed the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world, and the good seed stands for the people of the kingdom. The weeds are the people of the evil one, and the enemy who sows them is the devil. Okay, rabbit trail two. If the weeds are evil, why are we told to leave them in the field? Well, there's two reasons. One, clearly stated, is that we simply aren't good enough at distinguishing the wheat from the weeds. We would make mistakes, and those mistakes are people created in God's image. Frankly, it's not our job. Second, those weeds are not actually our enemy. Paul told the Ephesians that our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the world powers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavens. People are not our real enemy, and people are also not your savior. Economic systems, socialism or capitalism, political parties, black people, white people, undocumented immigrants, gay people, fundamentalists, you get my point. None of these are your enemy because your battle is not against flesh and blood. Stop wasting your energy on the wrong battles. Okay, sorry. Back to, I believe it's verse 39. The harvest is the end of the age, and the harvesters are angels. As the weeds are pulled up and burned in the fire, so it will be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels, and they will weed out of his kingdom everything that caused sin and all who do evil. They will throw them into the blazing furnace, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. Whoever has ears, let them hear. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and sold everything he had and bought it. And we're going to circle back to these two parables in just a moment. But let's go ahead and finish off. Once again, the kingdom of heaven is like a net that was let down into the lake and caught all kinds of fish. When it was full, the fishermen pulled it up on the shore. Then they sat down and collected the good fish in baskets, but threw the bad fish away. This is how it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come and separate the wicked from the righteous and throw them 
into the blazing furnace where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Have you understood all these things? Jesus asked. Yes, they replied. Okay, so Jesus just told us that the kingdom, the kingdom that he said to seek first, is literally worth more than everything you have. And when you sell everything you have to go and get it, he'll do it with a smile. So I promised you a question, and and here it is. Do you actually believe that? Do you believe that the kingdom is worth everything? If you do, it has to change everything. Uh, Most of us, frankly, we don't believe that. If we did, we would act differently. The church would act differently, and our nation would act differently. In fact, Jesus warned that a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, and a bad tree cannot bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus, by their fruit, you will recognize them. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. So not only do many of us not really believe, We're not even being honest with ourselves about it either. We know from Scripture that faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. And that without faith, it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and that He rewards those who earnestly seek him. So, it's important. Faith is necessary. In Greek, which the New Testament was written in, faith and believe are actually the same root word. Pistis, faith, is a noun. It's something you possess. And pistu, believe, is a verb. It's the action of faith. The action that comes from your faith is the action of belief. Now, there are good works which God has prepared in advance for us to do. But those works flow out of our freedom and flow out of our faith. They don't earn us favor with God. It's our faith in what Jesus did on our behalf, living a perfect life that we're incapable of and then offering himself in our place to bear the punishment for our sins and then defeating death so that I can be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. And the thing is, 
Jesus told us that our faith doesn't have to be huge. Going back to the mustard seed, he used it again. It can start out the size of a mustard seed, which is really small. And with that, nothing will be impossible for you. In fact, at more than one point, Jesus literally told his disciples that their faith was puny. And look how that turned out. Do you need faith? If you do, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word about Christ. In other words, if you lack faith, spend more time with your Bible. Look, Jesus warned us not to store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin and destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So back to our question. If you're honest with yourself, do you believe the kingdom is worth everything? The answer to that question will determine how you view the world, how you use your resources, how you view the people around you. In other words, how you live your life. Our body is called Think Kingdom. So again, my question to you is this. Are we brothers and sisters of this body ready to commit to really, truly start thinking kingdom? And Elder Nate recapping the kingdom is like. And that'll do it for this series. Join us as we move into the Advent season. If you're blessed by anything you hear on this podcast and you feel led to give, feel free to text the word GIVE to 704-741-3705. And if you are absolutely anywhere near Charlotte or the surrounding areas, come on by and visit us here at 465 South Cannon Boulevard in Kannapolis, North Carolina. Or you can join us online every Sunday at 1033 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram under Think Kingdom. And as always, you can go back, hear this message, and so many other series and messages right here exclusively on our Think Kingdom podcast.